Welcome to Part of My Fandom, where we have guests on to talk about their fandoms and what they're into. And uh, my guest today was Mike from the Where Is It Now Geocache podcast. And uh, Mike went into great detail about his uh, love for geocache. And if you don't know what geocache is, we're going to let Mike explain it because he goes into great detail. And yeah, uh, it's going to be a really good episode. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, you can find Part of My Fandom wherever you find your podcast or listen to your podcast and we have a youtube channel coming soon at the end of the season i uh, got about two episodes left to record in this season and uh then they'll all be up on youtube so yeah hope you enjoy sit back and uh you know hope you learned something new i know i did what's up everybody welcome to part of my fandom a place where we come explore and talk to people about their fandoms and what they're into and my guest today is, you want to introduce yourself? Well, my name is Mike, but people know me as Where Is It Now? Where and I'm the host now? of the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast. There you go. So by the name of the podcast, <laughs> your fandom and what you're into is geocaching. And um, yeah, so normally I know a little bit of something about my guests, what they're into when they come on. It's only mm -hmm. been you. And then I think it was one girl came on about a boy band or something. I just don't know anything, you know, but in this case, I know nothing about geocache, like absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I, I even tried to research it and I'm not even sure if I even understand what I was reading. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we're going to, you know, we're going to skip on what, you know, my little knowledge and just go straight to the expert on this one. <laughs> so well, no problem. It'll be an education, right? There you go. So what is geocaching? <laughs> You know, it means different things to different people, but basically it's where you use an app on your phone or G handheld GPS, but not much anymore, to hide something somewhere. And it couldn't be out in the woods. It could be in the parking lot of a Walmart or almost anywhere. And then once you've hidden it, other people use the app to try and find it. And it's there are so many different types of geocaches that there's kind of a little bit of a story behind each type but the number one question i get is what do you get when you find it and the answer is almost nothing <laughs> so satisfaction huh <laughs> yeah you know the thing is it's described as a scavenger hunt as a treasure hunt and i think that's fairly accurate if you're a small child it can be a treasure hunt if you're an adult there aren't as many treasures as you might think. Hmm. Now, I found $4 in a geocache the other day. That felt, I left it there though. <laughs> four whole <I> dollars? <laughs> four whole dollars, you know. Um, somebody left it there and I assumed it was for some little kid to find. And mm -hmm. I think it would mean more to them than it would to me. So I left it there. But geocaching, um, I mean, I'm so addicted, but I'm addicted to everything. I'm looking at your walls going, okay, what do I need to know about what my next addiction is? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot going on back there. <laughs> I like it. I, so far, I like everything I see. Yeah, it's a lot going on. So how'd you get into it? Like, what, what's your roots? What's the beginning? And how long have you been into it? You know, I'll tell you that. But before I do, let me tell you how long geocaching has existed. Okay, it's that's even better. Because it's fairly new. Really? So uh, President Clinton flicked what they call the blue switch in May of, tw of 2000, 
And up until May of 2000, it was illegal for a private citizen to have a GPS device that, um, I may not be saying that right, but you weren't allowed to have any accuracy with any GPS. So at that time, satellites couldn't give you any accuracy. On May of 2000, when Clinton did what they call magic blue switch day, he made it so that we could have accuracy up to 32 feet as hmm. civilians. Now the military, you might be afraid to know, can get down to the width of a hair, I'm told. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so that's when geocaching began. And we can come back to that later. But I was reading this magazine that I don't think it's a printed magazine anymore. It's called Mental Floss. Okay. Mental Floss. I, and I, I love that magazine. Is. Yeah. I mean, it was so amazing. But now I think they're online only. And I just like most things. Know, yeah. But they did a lot of top 10 list and that particular uh, issue. It was the top 10 things you could do outdoors to have fun. Mm -hmm. Now I love the outdoors, but I'm not the kind of person that hikes a lot or runs or jogs or all those things. So I was sitting on my couch and I thought I need to get out of this house. And it was January the 11th, 2013 that was my first time i had read about it and in the top 10 list one of those top 10 items was geocaching mm -hmm. and i had no idea what it was so they had a little paragraph kind of explaining it with a, a link i mean it was a it was a real magazine so i yeah. couldn't click but a link to an app the geocaching app and i think i'm pretty rare that i downloaded the app the minute or a few minutes after I read about it and I bought a premium membership, which oh, wow. don't do right away. Yeah. Certainly not before they found their first one. And I searched the app for my area and, uh, there was one two tenths of a mile away from my house. And so I went down there. It was a little bit in the woods. It was called Frankenstein on 43 mm -hmm. and the 43 is the highway that we live on. And Frankenstein, it was a sippy cup, a purple Frankenstein <laughs> sippy cup that was hanging in a tree. And it was my first one. And I loved it. And I was instantly and immediately addicted. So do you get to keep, like, do you keep the sippy cup or you got to leave what you find? You got to leave it for the next person. Okay. And so that's when people say, what do you get? So inside the sippy cup, at the very least, or inside any container is a piece of paper. And they call that the log book or the log sheet. And on that, you sign with a pen, or in my case, I have a stamp, and you stamp your geocaching name on it to let people know you found it. And then mm -hmm. you log it as a find on the geocaching app, and it turns the green map pen into a smiley face, and you can only find it that one time. So you don't ever find it again. So you're constantly searching for new caches. So by, so by the time you uh, got into geocaching, had it been around that long since 2000? Since 13, 13 years. years. Yeah. So what was geocaching like pre-cell phone? Because... Uh, <laughs> well, in my words, it was bad. But in <laughs> people that were around then, it was wonderful. So the difference was, is all geocaches back then 
a small one was an ammo can. And now that's considered, that's considered regular size, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, bigger ones were five gallon buckets or bigger. And they were hidden totally out in the woods where you had to walk and hike a long way. Oh. Uh, sometimes climbing hills or mountains. I mean, it was hard. And what you did is you logged onto a computer and you wrote down the coordinates on a piece of paper or what? printed them out. Yeah. You entered those into a handheld GPS, like a Magellan or something. And you took off in your car trying to, and if, I don't know if you've ever used a GPS. Yeah. I had a Magellan for yeah, many, day, for a few years. Had, maybe even when you had yours, they have roadmaps on them. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't then. <laughs> what? So you're just watching an arrow trying to get. Yeah. Closer. Mine was a color one. It was in color and you know, <laughs> Yeah, I still have one. Every couple of years, I open it up and take the rotting batteries out of it and put new ones in there. <laughs> so yeah, so you put in a coordinates and you're just following an arrow on a screen guiding you in a certain direction. It wasn't like, you know, turn left here and you know, continue it straight. Was not. None of that, huh? No, and on the new app, you can you can hit navigate and it'll either give you a choice between Google or Apple Maps and yeah. give you turn by turn directions to get pretty close. Wow. So you really, I mean, you really had to love hunting or geocaching if you were doing it pre cell phone, because it was, sounds kind of rough. I mean, that I couldn't yeah, imagine, I mean, especially for no very, reward, you know? Well, then they were slam packed full of stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, so even now the bigger ones like the ammo cans, they have, you know, they call it swag, like in a lot of industries, it had some pretty good swag in it. And uh, I've gotten like CDs. Uh, I'm trying oh. to think of all the things I've gotten. So, okay. So when you like the ammo can stuff, you can keep what's inside of it, but you just can't take the can. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to get this down. So you have like a ammo can, it'll have like swag or whatever in it. First person there gets what's in it. And it's also a, a log in it and they'll log. Right. Then the next person doesn't get anything unless somebody leaves something. Well, and, the general rule of courtesy are, is yeah, to I was gonna ask you about that, something, that leave something. Okay. Okay. So generally you're trading items. It doesn't always happen that way. And, um, they have lots of toys like my ammo cans have toy dinosaurs and cars and things like that in it. But yeah, you, you're, but sometimes people just take it all now, <laughs> all sizes. Let me tell you the sizes. The ammo can is called regular mm -hmm. and the large is anything bigger than a five gallon bucket. I've had cars beat geocaches like the whole car. Really? Uh, I've seen 55 gallon drums. I mean, there's some big geocaches. Then the next size down from regular is called small. And that's like a little lock and lock or Tupperware sandwich mm -hmm. container. And then there is nano, which can be as small as the eraser on a pencil and maybe as big as a pill bottle. Really? Huh. And the world in the beginning, there was nothing but regulars and larges. Now it's almost all micros and and nanos and regular was the ammo box and right large would be a car or <laughs> something like that mm -hmm. huh. so what's the coolest thing you ever found i was trying to think what the coolest thing i ever found was i 
I found a couple. One of the things that's popular in geocaching are commemorative coins, mm-hmm. and they're called trackables, and they're like metal coins. I, I wish I had one. I do in the room, but I don't have one where I'm sitting. And they generally have a trackable number on them. And when you find them, you log those on the website, too, that you found them, and you can keep them. Yeah. And uh, I found a lot of those, but I found one one day that was the city of hutchison kansas fire department and you'd have to see it it was just so beautiful and well made it probably cost them 15 bucks to make it and they left that in there you still have it yeah somewhere somewhere (laughs) you know there's not that when people say what do you get here's what i usually reply with once a year jeep gives away six jeep cherokees really and a a geocache and they hide things in caches and you're trying to find a key or a something yeah i haven't won one i haven't haven't found anything like that (laughs) how many of those you've been on uh how many what caches Uh, no uh the jeep ones oh none i mean they don't tell you they put them in caches at random you don't know oh oh, so you oh so you just go on you know you're just doing your cash thing and all of a sudden there's a, a key in there or something right huh something i don't know but i've never won one and that's you know, I will tell you that caching isn't about what you get. It's about what you see mm-hmm. and who you see. So my answer is, it's not what I've got. If they say, what's the best thing you ever got? It's like, I don't know, but I can tell you the best things I've ever seen. And I've been very lucky. I've traveled the world and traveled the country a lot. The most beautiful things I've ever seen are found geocaching by accident. Huh. Most by accident. Not most all. by accident. <laughs> So like I'll be out in the woods in Kansas and come across this amazing waterfall out in the middle of nowhere that I would have never found. And there's just endless amounts of places where I turn a corner and go, Oh my God, this is beautiful. So so is this something like you do like all the time? Let's just say you on vacation or, you know, you're out and about and you're like, Hmm, let me just flick on the app and see what's nearby. And, you just you're off you all know? the time. In fact, I told you I had to do this tonight because I was leaving for Rome, Georgia in the morning. Yeah. And I was going to a geocaching mega event, a really large event. And unfortunately, my trip got canceled today. So I'm oh. not going. But I travel the country uh, to go to those events. And I also I've, I've cashed in seven countries and 47 states. Wow. And I almost got the 48th state, which is Montana. We were on uh, snowmobiles going through the snow and we rode 70 miles and got uh, Wyoming and some other stuff. And we got just to the Montana line and they actually turned us around because it was, there was too much snow, too snow. too dangerous. I didn't know that was possible, but. So seven, so I'm more fascinated, seven countries. So is that kind of scary cashing in? Cause like, you don't know, you know, you, I mean, you don't really know the area, you know, it's not your native country, the area, the laws sometimes. So like, is that kind of, what's the scariest? That's, that's a good question. What's the scary experience you ever had cashing and was it in another in, country? Uh, yeah. The, well, most of them were in other countries. And oddly enough, Mexico and Canada rank right up there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So it, so. <laughs> Mexico, Canada, and Jamaica were, I, I have bad experiences in all those. And in, um, 
England and Italy and wherever else I've been, they've all been wonderful. But in Mexico, we were out in the jungle and the Federales pulled us over with Uzis. I think mm. they were Uzis and uh, wanted to know if we had any drugs or guns and, and no. And uh, it, it, it was a little bit scary. They pointed the guns at us and asked us a bunch of questions, but then we moved on. Yeah. Uh, in not. Canada, it was actually the, their version of border patrol, whatever that is. The Mounties? They were just so, <laughs> I don't think it was Mounties. <laughs> But they were so incredibly rude, it was scary. Hmm. I was afraid I was going to get stuck. Actually, in the States, they wouldn't hardly let me in the country. No, let you. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like, like heard who Canada are you and like what are you that, doing yeah. here? And, and I bet it's kind of hard to explain, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm on a scavenger hunt. And it was like, it's like, yeah, okay. I had my grandson with me and they wanted to know if, if, I was his guardian. They didn't want me to bring him in. The, it was just weird. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> but, imagine uh, they listen to that story and they're like, okay, yeah. Okay. Where's the drugs? You know, <laughs> Jamaica, we just got, we just went there. So I should say this, when I go on a trip with my wife, even before geocaching, I always rent a car and go out where the people are. Mm -hmm. And she's always terrified. And when we went to Jamaica, I wanted to go to Bob Marley's birthplace and birthplace and resting place. Mm -hmm. And so we rented a car and a friend of mine from Tulsa who doesn't geocache, but his daughter does said, I'll go with you. And it was a Sunday. We actually left about nine 30 in the morning in this rental car and they drive on the left hand, the right hand side, side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd done that for a week in England or I would have been a mess because unlike England where they have really nice roads, Jamaica does not. In fact, Jamaica is the worst country I've ever been to. Really? I'm so sad. Hmm. I'm so sad about it. But we're driving through the mountains, through the country, and the two-lane roads are one and a half lanes wide, and a car comes around a corner in a town and almost hits us, and I swerve over hmm. to miss him, hit the sidewalk, and we get two flat tires Ugh. in Jamaica, in the country, on a Sunday. And don't know anybody, don't know who to call, nothing. Yeah. You know, so we, we drove to the first place we could pull over and stop. And it was a, uh, it was a boys Christian school and there was a guard in the guard gate and her name was Shelly and she saved our butt. She called some people from another town mm -hmm. and they drove over and picked up. We had one spare tire, so we fixed that. They picked up the other spare tire and I was worried cause they were like in a prelude from another century. <laughs> and both, all their tires were like bald yeah. it looked like they were driving tubes but they were gone about two and a half hours and brought it back and got it got us going again but all that trying to <laughs> where were you headed or y'all was just well it's up in the mountains it's where bob marley was born oh, oh yeah and... that's when y'all was heading to the resting place uh yeah we oh, were uh, heading his... there and yeah. We ended you. up not even be able to get in. We got all the way there. It took us six hours to get there and an hour and a half to get home. And what, what happened when you get, they went, what, this closed town or something? Or It was in a little town and it was behind a wall that was maybe 13, 14 feet tall. Mm -hmm. And there was no doors or gates open. And there was these guys all on the street and they were all motioning to us to park in front of them like they were having a contest to see who we would park next to yeah and when i pulled up next to one he said 
we're going to take your picture and take you on a tour. And it's only this much. It's like, I don't need a tour and I don't need my pictures taken. And they were really belligerent about it and said, we couldn't go in unless we paid them. Gotcha. Yeah. It just didn't feel safe. So we left. I got you. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's a tourist attraction. They know that. So therefore they were trying to charge. You know, I wouldn't have cared if I thought they were officially supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, of course they're not officially posted. You know, there's some, you know, either they're locals who found out, Hey, people like to come here, you know, because a lot of people start showing up, you know, and you know, why, why can't we, you know, start charging these people? Why can't we make it's some money entirely possible that people will hear this and go, no, that's normal. That's who does it. It's like, okay. Yeah. We were just uncomfortable, yeah. you know? Yeah. Maybe it is, but at the time I don't blame you. I, you know, I probably would have second say, guessed it also. Yeah. I will say this is that Jamaica's one of the nicest people that I had met, uh, in another country, but it was not, you know, usually when you go to a country, either the, usually the cities are kind of poor and the country's clean and nice. Yeah. Nothing was good where we went except for the resort we were staying at. Yeah. It was all scary. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't scary. It was poor. Everything, poor everything outside the resort's just not good, huh? Which when I go somewhere, I like to go where locals eat and shop and do all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm used to, I don't know. I, I I don't think I've been anywhere else where I was afraid to eat anywhere, you know? <laughs> okay. That's too much about Jamaica. Those <laughs> poor people were, and Shelly say she was so helpful and so nice. Um, but not scared so much. Now we get stopped by police a lot when you're geocaching. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And when we first started, you had to give them your driver's license and they would call it in, make sure you weren't an ax murderer. Yeah. But these days police departments are trained to know what geocaches are and you can have a flashlight out behind a building looking. Yeah. And they go, what do you do? And you say geocache and they go, Oh, okay. And they drive off. Oh. So <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you're looking to break into place and you're like, ah, geocaching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Carry on. Well, in my know. case, I have logos on the side of my truck that say geocaching podcast. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so you're covered <laughs> either way. I, I look pretty innocent. I mean, look at me. <laughs> you know, look at you. You're not going to rob somebody. It just. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm pretty sure they know. So, um, so do you, when you're out geocaching, do you often run into other geocachers? Like, you know, when you're out by yourself, not purposely, of course, a vent, but I mean, just, you know, in general. Yeah, it definitely happens from time to time, especially when there's a brand new cache hidden. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called a FTF, first to find. And when they pop up on the map, everybody races to be the first one to find it. Yeah. Because you get a little bit of credit for doing that. And uh, it's very common to meet someone that's at a first to find. No. <laughs> otherwise it's happened to me 40 50 times and out of eight i found it about eight thousand caches oh eight thousand wow that's that's a lot of honey a lot of honey <laughs> i'd so, love to tell you that i'm the winner but i've got friends that have found 20 and 15 and in my group i'm the newcomer what I just I just can't wrap my head around it. I mean, out, you know, that that's a lot of walking and you know, different places and countries and you know, 
I don't know. That seems like a definitely a passion thing. And I mean, it sounds fun. Maybe I like to go on like one, but 8,000. You <laughs> should go on one of maybe each type. Yeah. And see, because it's kind of like the game has been designed to be attractive to a whole bunch of different groups of people. I don't know if you're a gamer at all, but I, no, I yeah. played WoW since the first month. Yeah. And um, if you look at Warcraft, it's got like Pokemon. I mean, it's got every game you can think of yeah. intermingled in the game. Because some people like to fish and some people like to kill and yeah, whatever. Yeah, but it tries to get everybody in. Maybe we should talk about the different types. So the most common type is called a traditional. And I sent you a text with a picture. Uh, yeah, a, you did. With a, a uh, screenshot. Yeah, you did. I, I guess I should have emailed it to myself so I can put it up. But uh, basically, well, you can before we get done if you have time, and if not, it's no big deal. Yeah, it, basically, it's uh, this is this was like all the ones in your area, right? No, I just picked a town at random. Oh, it's okay. Topeka, Topeka Kansas. Mm -hmm. You know what I hear people say a lot when I meet somebody brand new is like, "I wonder if there's any in my area," and my answer is, "There's probably some you can get without getting in in a car." from where you are right now. And so that's Topeka, Kansas. There were several hundred that showed up. It limits itself to how many it will show until you refresh the screen a little bit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the green ones are called traditionals. And what that means, it's the most common type of hide. And that's where you hide a, a container of some kind with a log sheet inside of it. That's what we've been talking about. Okay. So that, yeah, like you said, you go in and you sign your name and yeah, that's the most common kind type, probably the rarest type that there's only a hundred. And I'm, I'm going to make up numbers that are really close to the right number. Okay. There's only <laughs> like 118 left in the world and they're called cam caches. And that's where they use video cams to get the geocache. And so the way that works is you, when you get close to the cache, you log into a website where you can control the cam mm -hmm. and you take a screenshot of yourself with their camera, with their video cam. Huh. So like there's one that I went to not long ago. Well, it's been a while ago in Nashville and it's at, um, it's at Vandiver and not, is it? Yeah. It's at Vandiver. And uh, when you go to where the kids sit out and eat their lunch and stuff, it points out on those tables and you can control it. And once you take your picture, then you can log it that you found it and you use the picture as your proof instead of your signature. Oh, okay. So I mean, really rare. I've found about 10 of them and every year we have less and less because just think in 2000, what the technology was for a video camera and the, um, software and website that would control them yeah so I mean, it was bad let me see if i can get this right so i'm gonna share my screen well maybe i won't share my screen okay so it's not letting me share my screen for whatever reason but just trust me if you're near topeka kansas there's a lot of geocaches <laughs> there's a lot everywhere by the way there's a little over three million in the world and uh there are about 470,000 geocachers in the United States. 
I couldn't find how many there were worldwide mm -hmm. and even google doesn't know it's like i don't know yeah um, a, a lot <laughs> you know yeah well, well you know but um so another kind of geocache is called a multi-cache and it's orange and i don't know if you see any of those or not but it has an orange map pin and you drive to the map pin and somewhere near that instead of finding a geocache you find the coordinates for the next stage Ah, okay. And it could just be two, or I went to one that was like nine or ten. So you find the coordinates, you put that in to go the next stage, and so that one set up kind of like a traditional scavenger hunt, huh? Where you find a clue and then go, and then you know, you keep exactly. on going till you get to the main prize. So nine, how how far was that spread apart? Like, were we talking miles or? Uh, I did one that was, and I don't know where even where you're from, but I'm in Missouri right now, and. Yeah. I did one that started in Springfield, Missouri and ended somewhere in Oklahoma, which was about a hundred and something miles from the first one. So there was only like four stages, but they were all over the place, you know? Yeah. I'm in Texas. So this, okay. I'm pretty sure they have some pretty big ones here because it's a very big state, you know? So. Absolutely. Well, I've cashed a bunch in Texas, a uh -oh. bunch of bunch. I bet. So, um, have they ran have they ever um just start putting them on google maps like um you know like when you open up your your regular google map and there'll be like just a pin that you know like a pin that to let cashers know hey it's a cashier have they incorporated anything like that yet no. or is it just through although if you go to geocaching.com mm -hmm. you can do search on their map and it's kind of what you're talking about but i don't think they're allowed I don't think Google's allowed to show the locations because it would bypass membership, the oh, app, true, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, true. I thought it just became maybe that popular where people were just like, you know, tagging it. But you're right. This is still a kind of a business. You know, people, people are still trying to sell their apps or whatever. How many different types of caching apps are there? Well, Think about Apple and Android on Apple there. Well, on both platforms, there's the official geocaching app, which is free. Mm -hmm. So geocaching.com will uh, let you download their app on either device and it's free. However, you can only see a certain number of caches per day and only see uh, caches that are public caches unless you buy a membership and a membership is $30 a year. So it's two fifty a month. I've never looked back. Like I said, I bought one my first day, and and I love it. Yeah. Then there is on Apple the other real popular one is called Cashly. It's probably six bucks to buy the app, and by the same token, premium members see premium caches. When you hide a cache, you can click a button that says for premium members only. And there probably are some more, but those are really the two. On Android, it's the official geocaching app and one called GeoGo, G-E-O-O-H space mm -hmm. Geo. I named the Go part of it. My friend's the developer. Oh, he okay. lives in the same town I do. There's also, and I hate to even say it out loud, but there's also sort of a outlaw version for those of the listeners that want to be whatever. Uh, it's called CGO. I don't recommend using it. They scrape the website from Groundspeak and do what you're asking if Google does, which I said would certainly be unethical. If not, I don't know if it's illegal, but it's certainly unethical. 
So so that last one, your name's like kind of like a, a bootleg or a, if you don't want to pay th- for the. <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate me saying this, but I think of them as the Napster of geocaching. <laughs> I'm, I'm 40 and you're older than me. And I know some younger listeners won't get that reference, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, geo, I'm in the music business also. This I'm sitting in a recording studio. Yeah, Napster I see a guitar what, back there. Yeah. Yeah, Napster killed the uh, recording industry oh, yeah. and the music I, industry. Oh, and now it's back with streaming. Yeah, I remember Napster and LimeWire, and I remember those days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I And I, I'm a songwriter, and I make money from, or used to, from songs, but I still use Napster and LimeWire. Really? I was guilty. You wrote yeah. anything I would know? Um, I don't know. You'll have to. I mean, I'm my music's available everywhere. Music is available, so I'm gonna have to. I'm Google a, you. My name's Mike Brandon, and I'm not the Christian artist Mike Brandon, but I've got three CDs out. One's called "Everything's Cool." Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, "American Dream," and. All that's left of me are my three CDs that are released. Um, um, you, uh, what kind of music is it? Oh, you need to get some water. That's why I always bring my trusty water. <laughs> I do, and I was drinking coffee and I ran out. <laughs> I could grab one. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, right, right <laughs> yeah, back. go ahead. No problem. <laughs> He's gonna go grab some water. The refrigerator is empty of water, but I got a Diet Coke. Hey. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. So, yeah, I was asking what kind of music you make. Mm. Well, my friends that like rock say I'm country, and my friends that like country, country say I'm rock. rock. <laughs> okay, I get yeah. I, get I mean, I think of it like singer-songwriter. I pretty much, most of my CDs except for one are full band songs, but mm-hmm. I play acoustic guitar. So my uh, American Dream is unplugged and acoustic, although it's Brad Paisley's guitar player, not me. Oh. And I'm singing. I wrote all the songs and I'm yeah. singing. And uh, the other two are full band with electric and the whole deal. So that's how you made your living all your life? You were a musician? Oh, no. Oh. I make my living at another company I own, and I spend it all in the music industry. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I've had two big paychecks. One was from HBO and one was from VH1. Oh, really? And those were both from uh, HBO. There was a show called Cat House, mm-hmm. which was a reality show of a yeah, uh, yeah. prostitute. I remember it, yeah. <laughs> I had a song in that that we made some pretty big money on. Then I had a song on VH1, and they had a um, a... a weekly show called like in the meantime or something Mm -hmm. and they focused on different artists and our song was in the bed of the opening of the show every week okay so you get a nice little royalties off of that huh it was good and we didn't even know i mean we just started there was three writers on that song we just started getting checks like who played him this song none of us remember sending in the song it's the best kind of money surprise one it was uh (laughs) I can't remember the name of the song, but it was like Country Cribs. It was like the homes of the country oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. artists. Yeah, on CMT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So show. 
the same song was in both of those things at the same time. They must have been affiliated somehow. Okay. Well, that's, I did not know that about you. <laughs> I don't think there is any music in the music industry anymore. I mean, any money. If you want to make money in the music industry, I always tell people, you better go out and play and get paid to play. That's the only way I make money. Yeah, so that's why I hear. I, I, you know, I'm like most people, I'm a big music fan, and you know, I would listen to a lot of things with artists and stuff on it. And most, it seems like most of their money come. So once they sign their huge record deal, whatever, most of their money comes from uh, touring. You know, yeah, yeah, touring. It seems yeah. like a lot of a lot of the uh, screaming and all that goes back to the record company. I guess to recoup money off of the deal. You know, I guess there's no money in streaming. I mean, literally, you get less than a thousandth of a cent for every play. You have to have hundreds and hundreds of yeah. thousands of plays to get anything. When I get my royalty checks, the part that comes from Spotify and YouTube and stuff. I mean, their checks so small, you don't even want to cash them. <laughs> Just frame it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think my first royalty check from ASCAP was three or four bucks. I did frame it for a long time. <laughs> Finally, I cashed it. So how many, uh, I know you said you've been on 8,000 uh, caches to find. How many have you hit yourself, done? About 270 something, 270. Okay. And what'd you put in yours? Like what just? Everything you can think of. I've got all the way from little bitty magnetic things that stick on the back of a stop sign mm -hmm. to, I don't have anything bigger than an ammo can, but I've definitely hidden some. And like I say, if there's room, I put toys in it, like <laughs> stickers and dinosaurs and cars and army men, marbles. So I was thinking about this whole Jeep thing. So do Jeep have a, like, do they, can you go on their website and like track what keys have been found? Or, I don't know. Or do they Isn't that go terrible? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm wondering I, about this. Like, so every year, like are there's just like four Jeeps out there, just not <laughs> nobody found them, or you know. No. <laughs> you know, I don't know. And and I feel bad about even telling that story because I've never known anyone to find one or say they found one. Yeah. Which makes me start to go, wait, is that real? Is that a <laughs> that's what I've heard. Is that just a uh a marketing ploy by Jeep? You know, they put that out there. <laughs> Could it's be. entirely possible. I know like in the last year we've had some barbecue company has a thing going and mutant Ninja Turtles has a thing going with geocaching. Really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I really like the turtles too. Well, then you can find, uh, yeah, <laughs> they have a big event going. I don't think it's over yet where you find caches in it and you, you're helping to safe signal which is the frog the geocaching frog and then there's and you might be able to find these there are uh, trackables with uh the turtles mm -hmm. on each one and then you can track how many miles like they put them all out there then whichever one you find you take it from one cache to the next one and that counts as miles and they track who's winning you know huh Okay. Is Donatello winning? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> I've done it for Michelin. They have a thing where you, they had a trackable race, Ninja Turtles. I can't even tell you all of them. There's a lot of them. Right now, I think it's Bigfoot. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So what was this event you were going to that got canceled? 
it's called going caching and it's one of the top events in the country. Although I just, I've missed a lot this year. Um, I was supposed to go to geo Woodstock, mm -hmm. which was in Canada this year, last year, it got last two years. It got canceled because of COVID. And then this year it was in Canada. And I just saw this post on Facebook saying, Hey, I'll see you guys this weekend. It's like, what do you mean this weekend? I thought it was months away. And I looked at my calendar and had, I'd paid to go, but had forgotten to put it on my calendar. So I didn't buy airline tickets No, or hotels or cars or so. anything. <laughs> but going caching is a very unusual. It's very much um, more of a, Two things. One, and I wonder if you'll like this. Do you like trading cards? Uh, when I was a kid, not so okay. much now, yeah. Well, going caching is the one event that makes geocaching trading cards. Hmm. And so I've had one the last two years. I wish I had one to hold up, but I don't have one. They're over there. But um, they make these geocaching trading cards, and you pay to have like a couple hundred made. It's only like 60 bucks. And they have a collectible number on them so people can log them like a trackable. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is people go to going caching to trade those cards with each other to collect the whole set. This year's set has 282 cards plus 12 puzzle cards. And going caching is a an event that's really built around puzzle caches, which we haven't talked about. They're not my favorite kind of cache. So a puzzle cache has a blue map pin and there's two other caches that have blue map pins, but it has a blue map pin. And when you read the description of the cache, you have to solve a puzzle from what they call easy and I call hard to what I call impossible. So <laughs> difficulty comes from one to five and terrain comes one to five. Mm -hmm. So you solve all these puzzles. This event is one puzzle after another. I don't even know how to describe it. They have a, a they have a live play, like a performance mm -hmm. on Saturday night where you have to watch the actors to figure out part of the puzzle. They have t-shirts where you have to figure out part of the puzzle. Oh, this sounds very time consuming. <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to go to trade cards and just a geocache. Yeah. And because I'm not very good at puzzles where I have friends that they'll sit at home. The thing about puzzles is you can solve them sitting on the couch. Oh, okay. And then go find them after you solve them. Huh. So what's so, the other types? So um, or did we, was that it? Or is there more? Oh, no. Let's <laughs> go through them real fast so okay. we don't lose track. Go ahead. There's one called a challenge cache, which also has a blue uh, icon. It looks just like the puzzle. And a challenge cache says you have to do this and then you qualify. So the truth about challenge caches is, the cache is right where it says it is. There's no puzzle to find it. And a challenge might be you have to have found 100 caches, then you can log this one. Or you have to find caches in six states. And they go from easy to difficult. Hmm. That's a challenge cache. Mm -hmm. a, uh, another popular one for me, because I like easy, I'll admit it, is called a virtual cache where there's no container. And it's, there's some places it's illegal to hide them, like airports, for instance. Yeah. You can't hide a container and have people searching for it. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, government monuments, you can't do that. So virtuals are where, you, where they take you to a really cool place. And usually all you have to do is take a picture of yourself at the place. 
Okay. To qualify. And my favorite geocache I found was a virtual one. It was uh, Stonehenge in England. Oh, you've been to Stonehenge. That's awesome. I it always want to go amazing. there. I mean, my gosh, it was an amazing geocache. Uh, so anyway, that's virtual. There's the cam caches I told you about. Um, there's a new one called an adventure lab cache. And basically, they come in sets of five or ten, and they take you to an interesting place, and they use a geofence. And when you get within so many feet of the place you're supposed to be, mm -hmm. it will pop up and say, answer this question. It will ask you a question you could only answer if you were there. Mm -hmm. And you get credit for a geocache for each one of these. I did five this morning in 30 minutes. They're really fast. And there is a, there's a thing called a power trail because you can't hide a geocache, a normal geocache within 500, a 10th of a mile, 525 feet of mm -hmm. another geocache. That way you couldn't find two right next to each other. Yeah. Well, the, there's a thing called a power trail and in traditional caches, it's a cache every 10th of a mile. Like when we get off, you should Google the ET highway geocache and you'll you'll you won't even believe it there's probably seven thousand caches in nevada in the desert one every tenth of a mile what it's <laughs> that crazy. is hard to believe yeah it's it's interesting but anyway adventure lab caches they just made a power trail on the route 66 which i live on that goes all the way from chicago to california and <laughs> So that's a popular new type. That's kind of pretty much the types. Wow. Oh, wait, one more. Earth cache. That's where you have to go. Those are hidden by geologists. Okay. Um, and <laughs> yeah. or people that like geology. And that's where you go to a place and you have to answer two to three to seven questions about the geology. What kind of stone is it? No. What is the water doing? Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. I never knew any of this existed. No telling how many caches I just passed by or just, you know, you know. You can download the app for free. Just search your neighborhood. The ones that are premium, you'll see them, but they're gray. Yeah. And you'll freak out. I guarantee you, wherever you live, you're close to many, many. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And I urge all the listeners to do that also just to see, you know, how many caches are, you know, around your area. I think that'll be just, you know, interesting to look at. Um, so, yeah, think you ever stop? It doesn't feel like it. Doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. My hardest part now is I'm so into it that. All my friends that started doing it with me think I'm crazy and my wife thinks I'm crazy. Well, I was going to get to that. <laughs> does your wife do it with you and how does she feel about it? But now I know. <laughs> she has an account with maybe a hundred and something fines. Mm -hmm. And if we're somewhere and I say, even sometimes we're at home, I say, you want to go find a geocache? And she looks at me like how many? <laughs> and I'll say maybe one or one to three and she go and how far away <laughs> because i found everything within an hour yeah so it's not hard like this morning i got up and i drove 35 miles to find one <laughs> and that's because it's new so she asked those questions like a woman that's been tricked before you know <laughs> she has been tricked and 
one of the things that I like to do is find one in each county. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do that. So I'm up to about 7,000 counties. And so when Ooh. we're going somewhere, I want to stop every 35 miles to get one in that county. Oh, and yeah. I remember a trip we were on to Michigan and she kind of got mad. I was, it was me and her and some grandkids and they're like, no, no more. Yeah. I bet you wrote. Yeah. I was going to say road trips with you must be a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. So the best thing I could do, like this weekend, I was going to that event with a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And once a year, her and I go on a geocaching trip and we go crazy. Last year, we went to a thing called Mingo Madness in Mingo, Kansas, Mm -hmm. which is the oldest surviving geocache. The geocaching number is GC30. And we went to that event and we found 226 in one day. We went nuts. That that is a lot. (laughs) So no, I have to be with a friend that's as bad as I am. You think? Yeah. <laughs> so how expensive is this get? $30 a year. <laughs> but outside of that, <laughs> we're talking like the plane tickets, the, you know. Yeah, me. Oh, you mean how much do I spend? Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Oh, <laughs> well, this weekend was $1,500, bucks. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, and my podcast, I don't have any sponsors on purpose, which I don't begrudge anyone that does, Mm -hmm. but there is zero. I seem to have a lot do all my fun stuff costs me money and never recoups any money (laughs) in geocaching. Seem like we, we have a similar problem friend. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I spend a lot. But one of my cool things is I have a job. I own a lot of companies, but I have this one job and I don't own that company. Mm-hmm. And it's as a consultant and I travel the country for that. Okay. And so I've used that to get accounts in places I've never been, if you know what I mean. Nice. And uh, go out and find new things. So a lot of that travel is paid for by my accounts. Well, that's good. Okay. So, I mean, at least... You know, like you say, I used to have a similar job. I I consulted and traveled a lot. So I I know what you're talking about. And, and, you know, at least you're you're kind of combining hobby with work in that sense, you know, where it is kind of paying off. It's not costing, you know, anything. If you do this and you go on another trip, just look in the parking lot of your hotel. There's going to be a cash in the parking lot. Yeah, (laughs) probably, you know, no telling how many in this neighborhood I live in, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, so man, I, I don't even know what to say because like this is like a whole world I did not know existed <laughs> before I talked to you. Like I said, I you know, and I sat down and tried to read what this was about online and I, I, I think I understood. I didn't understand it at all. And now talking to you, I really didn't understand what I read at all, you know, compared to what you kind of opened my eyes to. So I'm seriously just low level you know another thing that comes to mind are called gadget caches (laughs) and they don't have a special map pen or anything but they're containers that craftsmen make Mm -hmm. that are super cool there's a guy in west virginia west virginia tim is his name and he builds these amazing caches and i remember before i knew who he was i was in west virginia consulting Mm -hmm. And I st- went to this cache. I don't even know why I picked it. I was lucky. 
and it was a pole with a doghouse, a red doghouse sitting on top of a pole. And on top of the doghouse was Snoopy laying on his back. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. It's like, okay. And you could see little doors all around it, mm -hmm. but you couldn't open any of them. And then you saw holes and tubes and there was, I'm not going to give too much away, but there was a way to get a door open. And when you opened it, it had balloons in it. Huh. And then when you blew those balloons up, you attached them to a uh, tube and it opened a secret door and that's where the cache was. And there are people that make stuff that you would never believe how intricate it is. Huh. That's pretty cool. Huh. So it's like, kind of like a puzzle kind of, you know, Huh. It's a field puzzle. Yeah. Some of them are just like easy, but amazing, you know, yeah. like nice craftsmen and some are really hard. I've got a friend that lives south of me that prints a lot of stuff on his uh, printer, on his plastic, uh, whatever you call it, 3D printer. Yeah, 3D printer. And he's made some stuff. I just look at it and go, I don't even know how anybody thought of it, you know? Yeah. Cryptographs where you have to turn things in a certain way to open up an internal thing or I don't know. But anyway, gadget caches are cool. Okay. All you right. Can, you can Google gadget cache. And YouTube is never ending. All right. Uh, is your show on YouTube? Yes and no, but mostly no. <laughs> so, Well, I was just wondering, <laughs> do you film these caches as you go on them or anything like that? Or I am so bad. I'm become, the longer I'm a host, the worse I am at it. <laughs> and I, uh, so when I started out, everything was, audio only there was no video on my yeah, podcast yeah. and i'm on anchor i don't know who you use but i'm on anchor yeah uh, which is owned by spotify yeah and so i found out that spotify you could do videos like cool so i started doing it so my podcast if you check out spotify and find it you can see me and hear it okay. everywhere else it's audio only like uh apple podcast and google podcast yeah. It's all audio. I, so my friend said, you need to put it on YouTube. So I transferred about two of them and I just got behind and got busy and haven't moved anymore. Yeah. Cause they take so long to upload. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just uh, recently put my, I have a, a video game podcast I do with a co-host and we just recently start doing YouTube videos and uh, yeah, they just take forever to upload. And with this podcast here, um, which I, I don't know if I even announced it on the show before, but I will take, because I do it by seasons. So 20 episodes, you know, 20 episodes in this season. And then I'm going to take all 20 of them and upload them on YouTube. Wow. So we're going to do it like that. And hopefully now I, I, I say use, that, but <laughs> I use streaming software to record my podcast, but mm -hmm. I don't stream. <laughs> and if I did, then YouTube would be easy because it'll stream to YouTube. Yeah, it'll Facebook stream. Yeah, Twitch, whatever, whatever you want to stream to. Yeah, yeah Switch. Yeah. But I don't do it. And when I was doing my problem, because I'm an engineer in a recording studio, is that when I was doing the podcast audio only, I would, and my podcast is 30 minutes or less. Okay. And um, I would record for 30 minutes and edit for four to six hours, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> When I did my first video podcast, I didn't know how to edit it much. 
And so what I did was if I made a mistake, I just started over. Oh, really? <laughs> and these days, like I coughed on your podcast. I feel bad because I would have uh, edited look, that out no. before. Yeah, that, no, I don't. So when I first got into podcasting and, I, you know, you start watching all the YouTube videos and all that. And it was like, OK, this is how to edit out the coughs and the breathing and this and another. Then when I started doing, I'm like, you know what? This is not how real people talk, though. You know, it's it's just it's unnatural mm -hmm. when you listen to it and everything's just perfect. People cough. We breathe. This is what it is, you know. So I leave all that stuff in. I will, you know, I'll edit out. Maybe if it's too long of a pause or something like that, I'll shorten up the pause or something like that. But most mostly, I like to keep it pretty natural coming across. You know, I'm a bad video editor, yeah. And consequently, I can do I can record and release. The upload takes the longest. Yeah, it does. I can record and upload. I can record and edit a podcast in forty five minutes. The editing yeah. now, including my intro, my outro, my graphics, and all that crap eight to 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not I quite guilty. that good yet, I'm, I'm, but I'm a lot quicker at editing audio than I am at editing video. I'll tell you that. Oh, especially. Yeah. Since, well, <laughs> I don't edit video. That's yeah. why it's so fast. All I'm doing is adding the extras. Yeah. Especially my other show. I had a uh, clips of video games too. So I got to like, listen to it. Stop at <laughs> the clip right here. Make sure it stops when it's supposed. It's a whole thing. But anyways, <laughs> No, I get that. And to answer your question, occasionally I remember when I'm out in the field, mm -hmm. I should grab the iPhone or something and record what I'm doing. And I do that from time to time. And I think those are way better, except for only 31% of my audience sees the podcast. The rest hear the podcast. Yeah. Although I think it would be something good for like Facebook Live, like on a cash, you know, go live doing a cash on Facebook Live. I think that I think would gain right. a lot of interest. You know, for that's what I should do. I'm bad. When <laughs> I first started, uh, I really paid attention to, and maybe I should say these things. So where is it now? Geocaching podcast. We are on Instagram. We'd love to have you follow us. And at first I really said that and did that a lot. And we went from, we gave away prizes and we got our, our follows up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, I mean, it's all the same thing. Um, it's really the where is it now geocaching podcast everywhere you want to go look. I mean, there's nothing else to know about it. But um, the one question you haven't asked me. What was that? That all podcast hosts ask me when they interview everybody is how did you come up with that name? Oh, where is it now? <laughs> Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. I, I, I just figured it was something to do with geocaching. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, if I didn't have the podcast, mm -hmm. I would change it. I found out years later, you could change it. It's like, what? Oh, yeah, so yeah. here's the deal. When you download the app, you have to create a geocaching name. Right. And I thought, where? I'll just do where. Sorry, that's already taken. <laughs> where is it? Already taken. <laughs> Where am I already taken? I went through, I don't know how many, and I was getting kind of fed up. And I said, fine, where is it now? And already taken. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I put an exclamation mark on the end of it just because I was mad yeah. and hit enter and it accepted it. And I remember saying out loud, no, <laughs> because you have to sign your name. Oh, every geocache. 
So now you got to write, where is it now? now? Exclamation mark. So something born out of frustration. It really was. I was just so mad. And then I couldn't get out and I signed it for a couple of years. And then after a couple of years, I found out that you could change it. But now it's too late. Yeah. Now it's it's your brand now. So it's my brand. Yeah. You can't can't really do nothing about it. Yeah. So my advice to your listeners, your viewers, if you create a name, go small or order a stamp on eBay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. You got your where is it now stamp. I see why you said you stamp your logs now. I got a little stamp I carry everywhere I go. I keep extras in my suitcase and my car, and Mm -hmm. I can stamp them fast. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there, and I appreciate you coming on and uh, enlighten me. To seems like a whole lot's going on around me that I don't know about, but this is why I have the show. So well, uh, send me a message when we get off. Mm-hmm. I will come get you and take you on a geocache <laughs> trip. I mean, not oh, a trip. Lord. We'll just go down the neighborhood <clears throat> and get a couple. <laughs> okay. I might hold you to that. <laughs> I mean, so I'm in Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Um, what are the other towns? Oh, I can't even think of them all that I'm in regularly. Yeah. I'm down I'm by Angleton. I'm down by Houston. I'm in uh, Crosby. So I'm not too far. Is that south like Angleton area? No. Um it's um it'll be what? Where are we at? It'll be east. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's more um it's about two hours from Houston. No, if oh okay. Probably not even two hours, probably like forty five minutes to an hour from Houston. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's <clears> a the trip. Other side, yeah. Of east All of right. Houston. So well, uh yeah. Thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing with my audience and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to find this very fascinating because because uh, normally uh, everybody I talk to about having, you know, a geocache person on it, like, well, what's that? You know, so mm-hmm. and then, so I really appreciate it. And thank everybody for listening. And we'll be back next time. Be well.